People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. In what is called the greatest comeback in Sooners football history, Oklahoma comes back in a massive, massive comeback to beat the Baylor Bears on the road, primetime ABC tonight, 34-31. I don't think you could come up with a better scenario for Oklahoma. And all of us here at OUinsider.com, myself, Colin Kinney, Joey Joey Helmer, all here tonight to uh, talk about it. First off, guys, um, damn, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Uh, we, we finally made it back to the hotel. We decided we were going to do this in the hotel room, um, and this, we're still kind of shell shocked. We've been sitting around here talking and watching college football final, uh, talking about just the weird numbers, just the weird things that happened in the game. Uh, I guess, Colin, what's your initial thought after this ball game ended? I know you had to be shocked like everybody else, but did this help Oklahoma? Like, what's what's? We'll get into everything about the game, but let's start off with that. Let's like, does this help Oklahoma in the long run? I, obviously, if they went out, they're going to be going to the Big Twelve title, and they win that. Where are they at at the end of the year? Yeah, I think, first of all, this game certainly helps Oklahoma. Thank you for giving me a little bit more length there on the cord. This one is really interesting to me because going into this one, look, I'm always very clear about my intentions of being vocal when I'm right, but also vocal when I'm wrong. And going into this game, guys, I talked to you about it. I talked to a lot of people on OUinsider.com about it. I didn't think Baylor was as good as they were made out to be with that record undefeated going into this game. But, man, you want to talk about does this help Oklahoma? They just beat a really good football team in one of the best atmospheres I've ever encountered in a college football landscape. I mean, it was it was deafening at points down there on the field. And for Oklahoma to, to go through the adversity that they faced, handle some of those challenges, and then come out on top in a comeback victory – I think, yeah, this has to help Oklahoma in the long run. And you look at the way that this is going to be perceived, I think that now because of that comeback win over the quality of opponent that's now understood in terms of the Baylor Bears, this is a win that can be seen as kind of that signature moment, if you will, of the season and in turn play out to where it will could help them boost back into playoff contention and maybe lock up one of those top four spots. Joey, what, what, do you do you think that they have a chance for this for the playoff run? Because I know a lot of people. Your George is still going to be sitting there on that perch. They just beat Auburn today, twenty-one twenty-four. Um, there's tough games down the road. There's obviously upsets that can happen later on, but there seems to be a little bit more 
of a narrative now, even nationally, that Oklahoma actually has a little bit of a shot because maybe, as Colin said, Baylor's not as bad as maybe the committee deemed them out to be to start. We found out how good this Baylor team is. I mean, that was, you know, that's one thing that really stands out. Look, no one's going to remember. The committee's going to completely evaluate this game. They are. They, they watch the entirety of every game. But it's going to be hard for them to look back at the first half of this game and not come away incredibly impressed with Oklahoma. Okay, they spotted them a 25-point lead. They came back and won this football game because they were complete on both sides of the ball. Um, really, one of the only mistakes they made the entire second half of the game was the fumble. If Jalen Hurts puts uh, two hands on that on that ball, their score, and it might not be as dramatic at the end. You don't need the Nick Benito interception. and so. Uh, but, but absolutely, I, I think there's no way you can look at this football game and not be incredibly impressed at how Oklahoma was able to mount this unbelievable comeback, the largest in school history. And so, to me, it only helps their cause. You saw how good Baylor was in that game. You know, if Oklahoma wins this game in blowout fashion, I'm not sure you're as impressed with that Baylor team as you were uh, what they did by building the big lead in Oklahoma being so impressive in the second half and coming back and win. So, yeah, it's nothing but positive for Oklahoma. Yeah, absolutely. I I just, you know, uh, there is, and I agree with you, that I still don't think Oklahoma is in yet because the committee takes a snapshot each week, right? And they're going to keep the same four teams. Now, the interesting thing is going to be to a Tagovailoa, what does that do to Bama? Minnesota lost. Uh, Penn State kind of skirted by an Indiana team at home. They've got Ohio State this coming week. So one of those two teams are going to get knocked out of Oklahoma's way one way or the other. So that's three spots down to seven, right? Um, I think they jump. Who else was in front of them? They'll probably jump at Utah probably, I think, at some point as well. Um, so now they're down to six. And now you're looking at Oklahoma, Oregon, and Georgia, right? Now if Georgia loses, they're out. Then it's an Oregon-Oklahoma battle at the end of the season. Um, Oklahoma, if if we, we think Baylor is who we think they are now, right? They're this team that could be a top ten team. They beat Texas at home next week. And then I think they play – who is it? Uh, they play at Kansas – They'll win that game. So that right there to me, I mean, if they win the last two ball games, they're going to be eleven and one to end the season. Eleven and one. Granted, they don't have any top twenty-five wins. That's going to hurt Baylor. But they're not really the team that everybody's worried about in the Big Twelve to go to the the playoffs. It's Oklahoma. It is. It's Oklahoma, right? So they went out, if Oklahoma beats them again, and if Oklahoma can beat them in more convincing fashion in Dallas, it's a different ball game. Maybe Oklahoma gets in. Uh, what? Okay, so Oklahoma had a 95-yard drive, right? And I think it was, was it in the third quarter or early fourth? 
Which one? Did it flip over? Was that the Was that the drive that it was? They started in the third and it ended in the and it, and it ended in the yeah. beginning of the fourth, I so. if I remember right. Um, I think I have the play sheet here. We'll, we'll have to dig through all of our stats I and. I can do a little bit of research. Oh yeah, oh, pull, pull, right. pull, pull, pull out all the. Let's go ahead and look at this here. Man. Play by play. Second, Let's go. Uh, first quarter. Nah, throw that. The second quarter. Throw mm. that out. We don't want to look at that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Let's look at the good stuff. I guess my question is, was that the drive of the game where you think that Oklahoma really, really took initiative? Because if you remember correctly, I think that was the drive that they actually had a fourth down play. I, I can't remember every play, yes. obviously. So it. Am I correct on that? We're not this delirious because you're not this delirious because (laughs) I hit it right. That was a fourth down drive, right? Yep. Okay. Into the fourth quarter, and that was the the fourth and a half yard. That's correct. Okay. That drive right there, I think, is the point where I thought Oklahoma won the ball game. And you look at the. I think the, the, the time of possession, you know, that sometimes is a skewed number. Not in this case. Not in this case. What what was the final time of possession? I think forty one eleven for Oklahoma. Forty one eleven and what was what was Baylor's? So for this we will leave. I think it was like eight, six eighteen, 18 minutes. Eighteen minutes, right? Something to that extent. Mm-hmm. Awful. Awful. If you're Baylor, how are you not scratching your heads? Right. Saying what in the hell? If you're a fan, I just sit here and watch clips that we couldn't see because we were at the game. And I know I saw it during the game, just how dejected their fan base looked. But I thought that was the drive of the game. Um, obviously, I think the fourth and a half yard was a crucial point. Uh, it led to I think the Theo Weiss. I think that was his touchdown. But what what to you outside of drives, Colin? What was the play of the game that you think? Completely changed the ball game in Oklahoma's favor because, I mean, all the way through the second quarter, it looked like it was all Baylor. Yeah, this one's really interesting. I know Joey has a really good point here on this one because there was that. There are different moments in this game that really turn thing the Sooners' way. To me, I look at one play. I don't know that the Sooners looked as though the team in favorite, but I also look at it as a, a, a moment that really helped solidify Oklahoma's win. Webb, one of the walk-ons, is consistently getting back on punts, and he's looking really good trying to block those punt attempts. And then he gets back in there, and he runs into that punter, and the entire stadium thought, oh, my Lord, Baylor just got a first down. They're probably going to seal the deal here and win the game. And I got to tell you, at that time, I thought the same thing. Okay, Baylor just picked up a free first down. Oklahoma's going to lose now. And then the ruling is made that, no, instead of the big pickup, we're just going to give them the whole little five-yard penalty, and we'll mess around with it later on. Of course, naturally, Matt Rule dealt with it how he wanted to, and they moved on, and they punted it to Oklahoma. To me, that was nearly a game-saving kind of situation because you think about it, that's a small play just trying to block a punt, but think about the magnitude of that moment if a walk-on on punt coverage tries to go in and block a punt and runs into the punter, essentially giving Baylor the keys to the victory. What about that's Drake Stoops? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stoops was out there returning. I mean, it was just that, 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 
That return attempt gone wrong where he almost tips it with his fingers, that was another scary decision on special teams. But to me, those two special teams moments really stand out. But I know, Joey, you've got one that I really agree with you on this. So this is funny. We're talking about – and I I completely agree with you as well because that was an absolutely critical call where if Baylor is given – a first down. It's funny because both of these plays are penalties. One ends up being a first down. One ends up, as you said, not being a first down. They both go in Oklahoma's favor. And I'm not just saying this, obviously, because Oklahoma got these calls. I know that's what you guys all want to hear. But they got the calls right. Yeah. That was not roughing the the punter. It, it was a running into the kicker play. Yeah. It, it was the right call. And earlier in the game, Oklahoma goes on a 14-play, 75-yard drive that goes almost six minutes, and they're down 28-3 to three on this drive. Mm-hmm. They have to have not three. They have to have six points on this drive. Yeah. And they're able to keep this drive going on a fourth and five play, which all of you guys are going to remember. They originally call it pass interference, but it's a holding call. Yeah. And the ball is tipped at the line of scrimmage. And the holding negates the fact that it's tipped. It's an automatic first down. They overturned the call that was originally pass interference. Oklahoma ends up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Huge. And that kind of starts the whole rally. Because if you remember, before halftime, they force a field goal instead of a touchdown. And so you're down 21 instead of potentially already it's 25. What if they go down there and it's 35-3? to This comeback doesn't happen. Yeah. No, 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 it doesn't. I, the deal, here's the deal. Things had to happen in Oklahoma's favor. It had to. If it doesn't, you're losing that ball game, and especially they had a thin margin for error, and that margin was zero. You get down 28 to three, there's no way you can have an error. You can't have mishaps and penalties that are costlies on first down, second down, third down. You can't have mishaps and penalties on defense. You can't have uh, errant plays, turnovers, all that stuff. They did all that stuff in the first half to give them a 28 to three lead. Now you have to make up with it with perfect play. If you don't perfect play, it's all for naught. You're not winning that ball game. And Oklahoma's lucky they have number one back there. Once again, once again, Oklahoma has a quarterback. And they have a quarterback that's a winner. We call you and I talked about this on the way back. Was this whole was that whole second half Jalen Hurts' Heisman moment because he went from being and I know Joe Burrow is a leader we all know but if anything happens and Joe Burrow somehow screws up gets injured what have you and Jalen Hurts ends up going throughout the year and wins and wins the Big Twelve and goes to the playoffs. Or just wins the Big 12 in general. Did that second half do anything to Heisman voters and go, okay, 
this guy's a badass. Like, uh, he carried this team in the second half. Yes, he made mistakes. Yes, he made a fumble. Yes, he did the other things. But outside of the defense pitching a shutout, they still had to score freaking 25-plus points to come back and win. And he did it. And he did it in the second half. And he did it. They, they He literally carried them. And as – Joe Clatt. I read his tweet. He goes, man, I didn't have Wi-Fi on the phone, on my plane. I land. Did Jalen Hurts just pull a Superman act or what for Oklahoma to come back? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yes, yes, he did. As a matter of fact, he did. The defense helped. But my God, his second half was awesome. What, does, does this do anything? Was that his highest moment? Was that whole half his highest moment? I mean, I think for sure. Uh, you know, it, I, I don't think it's any secret for anyone at this point that this is a, a two-horse Heisman race. It's Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts at this point. And Joe Burrow, I mean, my goodness, the guy throws for almost 500 yards, five touchdowns. He did throw a couple of picks today. But there was none of the dramatic fashion. That was last week for him. That, that, that was in Tuscaloosa. To win a Heisman, you look, and I always point back to, for Kyler Murray last year, to me, he was outstanding in West Virginia. He was great in the Big 12 championship. But for me, a lot of people, the game that they don't talk about for him maybe winning the Heisman, to me was the first Red River showdown. Because Oklahoma makes it into the playoff largely because of that game. The fact that they keep that close, they keep themselves – in that game, and then they'll go avenge that loss in Arlington, and he was absolutely spectacular in that fourth quarter. Same thing with Jalen Hurts tonight. He was spectacular. He had his mishaps. He fumbled. You know, he throws the pick. But he was absolutely sensational in the second half, and that's what people are going to remember about this football game. They're not going to remember – the couple of fumbles and the interception that he throws. They're going to remember the big-time plays. Man, they were 12 of 18 on third down, and there were some absolutely critical third downs in that second half that he was able to pick up for Oklahoma. Yeah, and and everyone will say this is his Heisman moment, all that. I agree 100%. To me, he had to have this kind of performance, like a necessity-type need for this performance because to be quite honest with you look Joe Burrow's the leader for the Heisman yes I'm going to acknowledge that but at the same time think about how much talk has been made recently of Chase Young as a Heisman candidate is Justin Fields of Ohio State going to climb into the race there's barely been much talk seriously considering Jalen Hurts in terms of the national media as a true Heisman contender and so he had to have a performance like this to legitify his candidacy. And on top of that, I think he had to have this performance because he pointed it out. He made mistakes, but at the same time, he proved that when he does make mistakes and those questions that arose around his quarterback candidacy continue to arise, he can shut them down. He struggled in the passing game. He, he had a fumble. A lot of people worried about, is this going to be the guy that can carry a program that recently had Kyra Murray and Baker Mayfield? And this was a moment to me that put him 
in that conversation as a quarterback like those two because no matter the circumstances, back against the wall, they were going to find a way to get the job done. He got the job done today in the second half when it meant most on the biggest stage of the Big 12 regular season, and it was phenomenal to watch. Had to have it. He got it. Let's see if he can do it again as the season rolls on. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Jalen Hurts, let's listen to a couple of things he had to say today in his uh, presser. That was Jalen Hurts after the game today. He 
was a little bit more talkative than we've ever had seen him. Uh, he seems a little bit more laid back than normal. Uh, I thought he was better, more... Uh, y- you could tell that he felt relieved. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> that would probably be the best way to describe the whole mindset of everybody. And I thought something really interesting. Now, now think about this. I was talking to Parnell Motley. And he came out and said that they were shown the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl from a couple years ago. And they were using the Patriots as an example of how to play no matter what. You play each and every play no matter what. You could be down by, say, 28-3. to And... You just got to play. You got to get those three downs, and you got to get them off the field. That way, your offense can get a chance to go out, out, go out there and score and get you back in the ball game. And ironically, what was the score? Twenty-eight to three. So they were they were prepared for that. And I thought it was so crazy that that was something they harped on. The twenty-eight to three. The twenty-eight to three. You play through it. Adversity. Doesn't matter. Get a turnover. Get off the field. Yada, yada, yada. And it came to fruition tonight. These coaches might know what they're talking about. Um, Colin. Did you... Defensively. And I know this is probably... I guess rhetorical. Because we know who had a big game defensively. But I'll go let you go ahead and let you talk about him. But say, tell everybody who you think was the uh, defensive player of the game. Yeah, I mean it's pretty clear cut that it's Ronnie Perkins. The big man was absolutely bananas on the field. I got to tell you, Alex Grinch said it several times in the post game presser. He said there were times during the game where you just felt that seven was going to make a play. And that is exactly correct. I mean, he ended up with, what, three sacks on the night, dominating the line of scrimmage. He provided extreme pressure and kind of got in on some plays where he may not show up on the stat sheet for those efforts, but, man, it was felt by that Baylor Bear offense. And I got to tell you, Ronnie Perkins continues to develop into the player that I think we all thought he would be one day. And he still has room to grow, but at the same time, He's starting to hit his stride in the moments that they need him the most. And as he gets better and better into championship November, if Ronnie Perkins develops into the defensive end that we believe he should be one day, right now, we are seeing a star being born before our very eyes as Oklahoma, led by this high-key story, Jalen Hurts, pushes towards the playoff and at the end of it all I think that Ronnie Perkins provided a really strong presence on the defensive line and I'm very interested to see how he continues to develop as the season goes on he was phenomenal tonight he was pretty solid against Iowa State last week to be honest and so now as they go up against TCU banged up on the offensive line they roll in Oklahoma State they have a chance at the Big 12 title. Ronnie Perkins has to be what he was tonight, and I fully expect him to. No doubt, no doubt. I'm sorry. I was uh, 
Taking funny pictures. Get your selfie game on over there, huh? <laughs> taking, like, Colin's in his own world over here, and we're over. I'm over here taking funny pictures. I don't know it's, if Colin even noticed he was so so into his uh, his analysis. You know, he's so good at his analysis. I don't even know if he was paying attention. But locked in focus, boys. Guy, it's, it, also, it's also like what three in the morning or something. So it is three uh, thirty. It's yeah, actually three thirty. No, hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah, guys, listen. Soon fans everybody listening we're saying up late for you all this is uh for you guys but we enjoyed doing it i was I, I derailed this podcast because i was taking funny selfies of colin and myself while he was uh trying to give you guys trying to do his job so it's just it didn't work out very well but uh it, you'll see it up on twitter here in a little bit it's going to be something i put up to kind of tease the podcast coming uh anyways uh, lastly but not least uh i think we're all in agreement that ronnie perkins was the defensive player of the game uh we also are probably in agreement that Someone's getting their car towed. Somebody's getting their car towed or it's getting. But, hey, who do you think was the offensive player of the game? Uh, and I think this one's pretty rhetorical as well. Gosh, you know what? I mean, we, we can be so obvious and say Jalen Hurst, but Theo we stepped up tonight, yeah. guys. There you hey, go. Let's, let's give it up to the true freshman and – these youngsters that stepped up. Yeah. Freshmen won this football game today for the Oklahoma Sooners, guys. Or yesterday, because it's 3.30 in the morning like we talked about. Yep. But the guy, I mean, Theo just, just made plays. And Austin Stogner as well. Uh, those those two guys, a couple of touchdown catches for Stogs. And uh, and then, obviously, Benito comes up with it, the game-sealing inter- interceptions. And so, you you talk about the, the young guys being – they picked up C.D. Lamb today. Mm-hmm. You know, C.D.'s out, uh, undisclosed injury. But, uh, man, the, the, the job that those guys did, knowing that their NFL receiver is not going to be able to go today, it's it just incredible. Yeah. Just unbelievable, and it has to be – you know, it has to be talked about those guys. I, uh, Absolutely. I'm sure they're going to go home. They're going to go party. They're going to do a lot of things. Yeah. Have a little fun at Logie's. I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fun had this weekend. Um, I also wanted to say real quick, shout out Lee Morris, man. That guy balled out today. The old man finally got a chance, and he had a major impact on this game. It was good to see Lee Morris get involved out there. No doubt. No, hey, look, you know what? That dude right there had a piece of a ball game he had a massive third down play where he got nailed and drilled and he held on to the ball because i remember turning to joey going did he did he catch that ball because i didn't think he got it and he goes yeah man first down what because he i mean he was literally he got he got pancaked do you, you know what play I'm talking yeah. about? Coming oh, yeah. back towards – I mean, you don't yeah, – obviously nobody knows what side of the field we were sitting on in the press box, but it was coming towards us, and I don't know which side of the field that was or not. That would be going right to left for yes. them. Yes, right to left right for you. Right to left, yep. toward the near side of the field. There Correct. You there you go. There, There's Joey with his play-by-play analysis for you. Um, yeah, the, the freshman. Oh, my goodness. Hey, OU fans, you're in good shape. 
when CeeDee Lamb leaves. Uh, you still have Charleston Rambo. But you got some guys named uh, Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges, and one Austin Stogner, who, by the way, by the way, comes from a Baylor family. His dad played football at Baylor. So this was a big game for Lawson. And Stogner to have two touchdowns, that was huge, huge, huge for him. I guess give your final thoughts as you finish downing these uh, these French fries from Whataburger at a they're probably cold by now, but I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, go ahead and get, give us your final thoughts here, Colin and Joey. I'll let you do it, then I'll give mine as well. Yeah, just real quick. That was an unbelievable game. Here, there we go. That the atmosphere that I just experienced was one of the best I had ever been a part of since I've been watching or being around college football covering it. It was it was unbelievably loud in there. And I think that this win is advantageous in a number of ways. I kind of want to end with what Jalen Hurts said. He said a lot of these young guys get to add this win to their resume, and it shows that they're battle-tested. And over the past few weeks, they have been extremely battle-tested. The Kansas State loss, the Iowa State nail-biter, now this remarkable comeback. Oklahoma has dealt with tons of adversity, and they've seen some very difficult situations. And I think as a result, you're seeing the Sooners shape into a high-quality football team. I thought that this was an impressive outing, and it should really pay off down the road. Joey, what do you think about it? Well, I mean, what, did, what was your overall take of the game? Kind of give your final thoughts of what seems to be the biggest, what is the biggest comeback in Oklahoma Sooners football history. Well, the Sooners, as we go uh, down the final stretch here of championship November, uh, gosh, man, if they couldn't lose this game today, and I think Bedlam's going to be an incredibly tough game, uh, I think next week they should be able to win, I think, fairly easily. Uh, Jeff Gladney being out for the first half of that game is critical. Um, C.D. Lamb, if he's healthy and able to go, man, uh, I as good as Gary Patterson is defensively, that's going to be just such a matchup problem for them. Uh, but Oklahoma is still alive and well. If they're not going to lose this game today, though, I don't know if they'll ever lose a game in November again. I mean, this team just has championship DNA in this month and winning the Big 12. So uh, that's the thing. They, they found a way to get it done in uh, obviously a dramatic fashion here. Yeah, when was the last time they have lost in November? It's been... You know, you want to know something uh, that's really funny is the last time they lost in November, the game tonight was looking a lot like that game against the exact same team. Mm. Was this in 2013? The Stoops game where uh, him and Julian Wilson got into it on the sideline, if you remember. They were playing off the third, the first possession of the third quarter of that game. Remember, they were just nickel and diamond them the entire way down the field. That's the last time they lost in November. And that was in uh, at Owen Field, actually. That was not a good day for Oklahoma Sooner fans. I'm sure they don't want to talk about it, but I'm sure you do want to hear my final thoughts on this big, big win for the University of Oklahoma. Um, look, Jalen Hurts is a winner. 
We know that. And I think some of the things that he's done and instilled into this program has rubbed off with the rest of the players. And I think you saw that culminate tonight when you're down by 25 points and your leader is as stoic as he could possibly be over there on the sidelines. So much so that when Nick Benito makes the game-winning interception, he is emotionless and stood there with his hands behind his back just waiting for Riley to tell him what to do. The guy is just even kill all the time. And I think when you have that, there's there's a sense of confidence. There's a sense of almost, it's not arrogance, but it's almost a calming demeanor that you know that he's not going to crumble under the pressure. And if he's not going to, why should I type deal? And I think you see that rubbing off on the rest of the team. And in turn, you see the defense starting to do the things they need to do, i.e., Ronnie Perkins, i.e. Kenneth Murray, i.e. Neville Gallimore, i.e. Nick Benito. Those guys made play after play after play. Oh, and I can't forget, Parnell Motley is a senior. And I kid you not, Nick Benito makes an interception. Parnell Motley runs off the field, and as I'm standing over there, runs over to me, takes his helmet off, and yells, takeaways equals victories, right in my face. It's up on my Twitter page, at Brandon Drum 247 you got to go check it out. Wow. And they really believe that. They really, really believe that. And it's just unbelievable the, the amount of the culture change that Grinch has put in there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, this is just a huge win. I don't think there's any more needs to be said. When you have a quarterback throw for 297 and run for 112 and have four touchdowns, you're usually going to win. When you have a team shut somebody out for a half, you're usually going to win. That's called balanced. That's called a balanced team effort. That's called them. What, what did you call that earlier? I'm trying to think of the word. I just went blank. Complimentary football. Complimentary football. Thank you, Colin. So yes, that that's it. And I guess that's it. I mean that that was just. What a win. What a win for Oklahoma. What a comeback. And now it's up to the college football playoff committee to see what they think of not only Oklahoma but Baylor because if they think well of Baylor after this game, it's going to be really good for Oklahoma. But we're going to know all that this coming Tuesday. Um, We have a lot more coming on OUinsider.com. Colin has his Sideline 5 for the VIP members coming up. Joey has a lot more takes. His uh, report card. All the guys are doing the report card. Uh, So that will be up on Facebook, the free side. I'll do mine on the VIP board. And we have some awesome, awesome recruiting notes from Colin and I's uh, trip this weekend down to the DFW area. Hey, if you you want Oklahoma to have a 2020 quarterback – I might have some answers for you. I might know when a kid might be visiting, all sorts of stuff. All that coming up on OUinsider.com. It's only $1 for the first month if you join now, and you're going to get almost all the way into uh, National Signing Day now. So very, very close. If you sign up now, $1, you can get all the way up to National Signing Day. Once again, Oklahoma goes down to Waco, comes back from 25 points down to beat the Baylor Bears, the number 13 Baylor Bears, 34-31 on the road. Up next, TCU, 7 p.m., Norman, Oklahoma, 
For Colin Kennedy and Joey Helmer, I'm Brandon Drum. OUinsider.com postgame podcast. That's a wrap. We're out.